inseparable For the rest of our years It's so wonderful To Mona Lisa Mona Lisa men have named you Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast. I am your host, Sam Galker, and today we're having a diva treat for us all. They're divas, like Patty and Gladys and Dion and Diana and Tina, but there's but there's also another soulful diva that could be lumped together with Karen Carpenter, Celine Dion, and Linda Ronstadt. Divas that can sing anything. And who are we talking about? One of my favorites of all time, Natalie Cole. King Cole is an R&B and jazz legend, arguably one of the best entertainers of all time. And Natalie Cole, born February 6, 1950, is the daughter of Nat King Cole, obviously. Hits, 40 years of hits, along with the mammoth 1991 release of Unforgettable With Love landed her first number one album and the Grammy for the best album of the year. Natalie Cole has had some great highs and some lows in her career as depicted in her 2000 autobiography, Angel in My Shoulder, which described her battle with drugs, with heroin and crack cocaine. Intravenous drug use caused her hepatitis C and experienced kidney failure. She received a, a donor kidney and had complications from that transplant. Natalie Cole passed away December 31st, 2015, at the age of 65. Today, we have singer, songwriter, and performer Tigressa Jones, who's keeping that Natalie Cole legacy alive with her touring and stage show called Tigressa Sings Natalie. Before we chat with Tigressa Jones, can I do a little Natalie Cole for myself? Let's listen to one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a deep cut from the 1999 release, Snowfall on the Sahara. The song is called Say You Love Me. Get off when you say 
Digressive Jones, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You look fantastic over here on Zoom. I thank you very much for for taking your your time out today to talk about your work and Natalie Cole. How cool is that? Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) So yeah, me too, because we're doing a show about divas where we talk about divas all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's weird how Natalie Cole does not get in that mix of the hardcore diva you know talking but she's a standalone because she's she's able to go in all different directions and sounds and very few artists are able to do that in your opinion like you're you're a singer when did you remember that you uh, had a, a a thing for natalie cole and how did it evolve i can tell you i can tell you exactly and when you say she was a standalone she doesn't kind of fit in that whole diva um that's exactly how i am and and I, I just don't know, you know, the, the correlation is that even out here now doing the tribute to Natalie Cole, there are so many tributes, especially in this area. The support level is different, right? The the audience is different and, and that I welcome. So to t- tell you a little bit about me, I first started listening to Natalie Cole when I was a little girl. I was drawn to her music at a very young age. I think I was 10. I know I was 11 years old. When I was singing songs from, you know, I'm catching hell, living here alone, 11 years old. And I asked my mom all the time, why did you even let me sing these songs, right? You know, <laughs> the lyrics. But I remember then at a very young age that I was so engrossed into the lyrics. I could feel the pain that she was, you know, expressing um, in her song. And that instrumentation behind the lyrics and, and the song was really um, touching to me. And I tell you, I learned every song on every album that my brother, who was a DJ at the time, had in his crates of Natalie Cole. So my mom was a, uh, she was a member of Album of the Month Club. And I would rush home. I never forget when she, that time of the month when she would get her records or her, her vinyl album. And, and when the Natalie Cole records come in from that red label, Capitol Records, I would, you know, be so excited to just play them on my component set, right? Um, and then kind of dig in my brother's crates and get her, his albums out and play them as well. And I wasn't supposed to, but, you know, it was a chance that I took as a kid because I just love Natalie Cole. She was beautiful on her album covers. Her, her voice was just so soft and powerful at the same time. And I just dreamed. I mean, I literally would put a turtleneck on my head and have like the turtleneck part on my head and the, the sleeves were my hair and I would grab the brush and I would just sing to Natalie's music along with her. And I wanted to be Natalie Cole. You know, I just really loved her music. So that's where it all started for me. But my my entire family sings and or play an instrument. So we would always sing in the house. And, and that was like my choice of songs to sing from her. Now, this part I don't understand. There's no one that sounds like her. And her father... Uh, I'm not a musician. That's why I, I got you here. So his, her father to me has the best R&B like voice of all time, period. And his voice is deep bass. Like there's a mm-hmm. bass level to it where her voice, she, it seems to me she can go to four octaves, maybe three. 
and she mm-hmm. stays in a higher register most of the time when she when she normally sings. Now it, that's what I think uh, keeps her very unique to me because yes. she her her basic sound is completely different than other people's. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, she has you know she has that that soul in her voice. Um, she ha- her register is very high. You know, a lot of people tell me that you know wow you need to record songs in, in, in your higher register because, you know, I, I actually m- model myself after Natalie Cole, right? Uh-huh. So I can hit the notes that she, I, that's why I sing her songs. Um, and, and it's her sound, you know, but it's coming from me, but it's her sound. I can't even explain it, but I know what you're saying, right? She can go from being very mellow, being to just taking you to church, right? She has that gospel in it. She has a soul in it. Um, and, and it's just this beautiful, calm, that just before the storm, I would say, right? Because she will take you there. And I do my very, very best to just, you know, just deliver it as Natalie Cole would or as she did. Um, and, and that's what makes it so interesting to me as well. The differences in her sound. So when you talk about how different your audience is, is because that she's laid out the template that's wild. So she started out more or less R&B with the, like a tint of jazz. Like this will be Mr. Melody that, you know, that all that stuff has like just a, just a, a, a toss off to the jazz world. And then she, uh, you know, goes away and then she becomes a songstress. Like Diane Warren is doing her stuff. You know, they're, she's, she's miss you like crazy. They're, they're kind of turning mm-hmm. into epic songs. And yeah. then she flips the script. She goes completely jazz and does unforgettable, which, you know, is probably one of the best, you know, vocal jazz albums of all time. In my opinion, Absolutely. yes, actually celebrating 30 years of it today. It was released in 1991. So, but I'm just saying the audience has that same kind of a thing. And I know when I saw her live, she would come out and do the early hits first, mm-hmm. and then she would flip it to jazz. And then mm-hmm. with her current um, album, she was working with, she would hit a couple of those towards the end. You know, so you have that audience in front of you. What kind? What kind of demands are they making of you? Well, you know, I like to give them a variety and I do just that. Some of her earliest hits and we'll we'll talk about those that those must have that need to be on my set list. And they are every show that we give. They have to be there. Um, And then I'll give them some jazz, you know, um, just like you said, Mr. Melody and all of that. And even some um, lovers. Right. People love lovers. Um, That's a really nice jazz tune. And even some of the remakes that she did of her dad. Right. Um, uh, Route 66, right? And, and love, L-O-V-E. So I just kind of give them a, a a variation of the songs that she, her original songs and some of the songs that she covered. Um, so it's my audience. And it's funny because a lot of times um, when people come for the first time, they're like, oh yeah, I remember that song. And they forget. I mean, they just like forgot that Natalie did it, right? And so that's why I'm so much, so compelled to just keep her music alive and playing and on stage and stuff, because we don't want to forget Natalie's music. She had a plethora of music that is just um, unforgettable, you know, at least for me and the Natalie Cole fans, such as yourself, the people who love Natalie Cole. We, I mean, we know as soon as you hear something on the radio, who that is. Think, oh, I heard that sample. I thought that was so-and-so, right? Because it was sampled or something. And then I have, you know, the more seasoned audience that just love the jazz. They love the music. They know her dad, they know her, and they want to hear the music, some of the music that maybe her dad sang and that she's covering. Um, and then just 
the people who just love Natalie Cole, everything that she's ever belted out of her mouth. And that that's me. You know, I just love her music. It's always on my plate. You're listening to Something Came From Baltimore. I am your host, Tom Gowker. And today we have the treat of talking to Tigressa Jones doing Natalie Cole. To book her, check out her website, tigressasingsnatalie.com. Let's keep Natalie Cole music alive. Also, click the links in the show notes to support the podcast and also enjoy all the full interviews. Now, let's get back to Natalie and Tigressa Jones. We're talking about what are your favorite songs. You're going to say, what are your showstoppers? I went through and I said, well, there's three albums that are important to me. And the first one is the, the live album. It's a double album. You barely... Yeah. It, it was not in print forever. It was 1978. And what it did is it capsulized all the early stuff that she did. Had a thumping kind of disco beat throughout the whole thing. And mm-hmm. it rocked. Like, if I'm a big fan of uh, Jill Scott's experience, the live album she did. This Natalie Cole album blows people away. And I was like, this is what a show would be like from but her at that time. Go ahead. That's my show. That live album. Uh-huh. That, that's like my show. That That's like, that was the show that we debuted with that live album. That was the show. And then, of course, over the time, we try to give our audience, you know, because I have followers that, you know, loyal followers, we want to give them something different each time that it comes. So we'll... We'll, we'll do it maybe three, four, maybe five new songs each show so that they'll have something different and keep coming. But that, that live album. The funniest thing is it was out of print forever. And I was like, oh, like I need this album. And it finally, yeah. it finally came out. And then I'm like, oh, it's Spotify now. I don't need it anymore. But I did have the vinyl and I like played that, you know, forever. And, and I was like, there's no one any better than, than that live album. Then we have the Unforgettable album that came out in 1990. I don't know how she fit like 17, 18 tracks onto an album, but she did. I can't believe it's, if it's 31 years ago, we were two years old when it came out because. It, it was 10 years. I couldn't believe it. Yes, absolutely. It, when it, when it won album of the year, 30 years. It, it was weird because it's just not a rock album or it's not a current album. The last album is, is a snowfall on the Sahara mm-hmm. and. And I just think that her voice was like, like perfect. Every song was perfect. Every, every song took you like was a story and it took you somewhere. And, um, consider it probably my top 50 albums of all time. It is like fantastic. So (laughs) it it didn't do too well. In fact, most of her albums didn't do as well as the, like they had, everything had like one hit on it. Or, or one something from radio, but the albums didn't uh, translate into large sales other than Unforgettable. And, uh, and I think, you know, and you're right about that. And that's funny because I guess since at a young age, I didn't know what was a hit or, you know what I mean? Because I was so young and I played every song. So every song to me was a hit. And I mean, side A and side B. So I am dating <laughs> myself, right? So, <laughs> um, and, and so I'm like, I, what do you mean you don't know this song? Yeah. They didn't play it, you know, they just didn't play it on radio or whatever. And I'm like, really? But I know them all. And so, I mean, that's the beauty of just not really getting stuck on listening to, you know, terrestrial radio or anything like that. But like you said, buying the music, buying the album, taking a listen to it, um, every not just what's playing, but everything that's on there. There's some hidden gems and she has a lot of them, peaceful living. You know, I songs like that, you know, that 
my band, when literally when I selected my band members to do this project with me, and there are 10 of us, including myself, eight of them didn't know any of her music. That's sinful. And I was, but, but, they, but they were good musicians and I knew they could do it. And so we actually, we actually rehearsed almost two years before we debuted our first show. Wow. It was just like every week we would get in and we would, you know, learn this music. They would learn it at home. We come together and we would rehearse it. And now they just, they talk about the music, you know, just the music itself and how challenging it is for them, but they love it. Um, and they all, they know all of her songs now. So just introducing people to her music um, and they love it. They love playing it. It was just like so heartwarming for me. Now, all right. So we're ready. We're ready to talk about your barn burners. You got five songs that blow the house away and uh hopefully they're your favorites or or just explain to that like when you're when you're creating a show these have to be in it these have to be these have to be in the show and i actually have six okay we're not afraid (laughs) so we have of course mr melody yes that one just really just livens up just livens up the audience right and and i guess because my my band is just so into it you know, it just, the energy in that song. She scats a little, like, toward, you know, yes, and, yes. And, and, and then it pops <laughs> off. Yes, yes, she does. She scatted be, before Bonnie Pointer did it, and Heaven Must Have Sent You. Like, she was there first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. extended version of course right the what version there, there there's a radio version the, the 45 and then there's a longer version oh yeah no 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 no. yeah absolutely a longer version and then every time not every time but depending on where we are we sing this song people will raise their you know like the little not candle candle or something on the table and it's just beautiful just to look out and just see everybody's like flashlight or whatever they're waving in the air so that's beautiful Love on my mind. I'm catching hell, of course. 
uh, that one I was singing again when I was 11 years old, and people love that song. They when they when I say Natalie Cole, they Cole, they always say, "Are you going to sing this song?" So that's always on the list. I'm catching hell, living here alone. Mm, I never realized, oh Lord. That you mean so much to me And I can't say no. I can't say no. I can't say no. Now I have some background singers that just That's a rare one. It just takes me and everybody in the audience to church once they chime in on that one. So that's yes, those have to be on they have to be on the set list. I can't say no If you ask me If I had a dime It's yours As well as mine I'd keep the penny You know I would and Are you hooked up with any promoter at, at any point to, to kind of I am I am not hooked up with a promoter. I've and again I'm a business person as well, and so I do a lot of my business. I do all of my business myself. Uh, um, I'm not opposed to it, but I, you know I want someone who is internally cold as much as I, <laughs> who is going to push it because they you know really want people to see it as much as I want people to see it. Definitely. Um, and I haven't met that person yet. Um, I know I meet, I meet people all the time that know her music, they like her music, but I really want you to like love Natalie Cole like I do and push it in and feel like people should see it um, sure. because I think we'll get the best results that way. Mm, you know, I'm thinking off the top of my head is that I I know that like Donnie Hathaway, they've done tributes Luther and they've incorporated some of their background story and Natalie Cole's story is, you know, between the, the um, drugs and the um a lot of people in her life died you know quickly and her relationships ended quickly and that's only because she's an aquarius and aquariuses don't like to have clingy guys but <laughs> when i saw that i was like i was like okay i understand that part but uh you know her story is rich you know it could have been woven into the songs that you're playing like it would become a like a stage show you know yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And you know, I've met some people that were very close to her um, during this tribute, like her her best friend and assistant, uh-huh. um, and who is the mother of her twin godchild, um, children actually because they're twins. And I've also met one of her drummers. Right. I just had someone hit me on Facebook the other day and say, "Hey, I'm Natalie Cole's first cousin." You know. Wow. <laughs> I know that you're doing her tribute, and it's like knock knock it out the park. I've met Uncle Freddie, right? I've met her twin sisters at the Kennedy Center. Um, so I've met some people that are really, really close to her and who are giving me, you know, the support um, that I need and that, that that helps me knowing that, you know, that they're behind me and, and keeping her memory alive. So it's so exciting that every time that I meet someone and, they, and I engage it, I want to hear their story, like, how close my guitar player's um, cousin was married to Natalie Cole. Was one of Natalie Cole's cousins. So. Tigress, uh, the yeah. if people want to get a hold of you, it's 
your website that says Digressive Things Natalie is on a website. You have contact information. I thank you very much for joining me today on Something Came from Baltimore. And they can also follow me on Tigressa Things Natalie on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed Something Came from Baltimore today with my guest, Tigressa Jones. Remember, TigressaSingsNatalie.com. Also, check out the show notes. We have Something Came from Baltimore email, support links, and links to box.com where the 30-minute Something Came from Baltimore show exists. 